It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 465 of Locked On Raptors for, oh God, Wednesday, February 13th. My brain's a mess today. I'm your host, Sean Woodley, RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode. And of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network with team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got Locked On Fantasy Basketball going strong with Josh Lloyd. We've got Locked On NBA Daily with a bunch of different hosts from across the network chipping in there. David Locke on Thursdays. We've got Sam Amick and Ben Golliver doing weekly uh, segments as well. Trevor Booker, former NBA player, noted volleyball uh, basket scorer. He is also a weekly contributor to the Locked On NBA podcast too, so you can check that out on that iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify feed. And if you want to find a show on the network, or if you find a show on the network that you like and want to support, please find it on its own separate page, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts. It's uh, super duper helpful for you to subscribe, then leave a rating or a review if that platform allows you to do so. Helps us, helps us with algorithms and rankings and being uh, visible. Locked on Raptors has been uh, pretty high up in the, locked, in the iTunes charts lately, so I, I thank everyone who has chipped in there and listened, and new listeners, welcome. Thank you for being here along with us for this crazy yes finish to the season that we're gearing up for and uh there's one game i guess left to go before the all-star break and to talk about that game and a bunch of other stuff on today's show i am joined by our pal pavek jacob what's going on pal not much on just uh staying indoors as much as i can uh <laughs> the raptors have helped that cause by canceling practice yesterday and then canceling shoot around to this morning um I was all gearing up for practice yesterday in all my layers, and then I looked at my phone, and I was like, practice is canceled, and I was like, oh. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, I have no choice but to go to the gym now. <laughs> oh, God. You, you decided to go to the gym. Is the gym at least, like, in your building? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. well, that's good, then. You don't have so. to go outside. That's that's great. I I've, Usually, the job that requires me to work outside would have me outside in this shit, but I haven't had to work that job this week, so it's fantastic. Um, I've been inside, huddled up. Although I decided yesterday it'd be a good idea to go for a walk to uh, Jackson Square, which is the mall in Hamilton, uh, after which the Arkell's first album's named. Other things happen at Jackson Square, too, of uh, maybe a more unsavory nature. It's a strange mall, but there's a like a farmer's market there that we decided yesterday we were going to make dinner and then go buy the ingredients for dinner at the farmer's market and decided to walk. It was a dumb idea. <laughs> it was like... I like a snow walk. Like, a snow walk is good. And then by the time we got out of the farmer's market, it was a rain walk. And then we were disgustingly soaked by the time we got home. But that is besides the point. Uh, there's not a ton to talk about today. The Raptors play the Wizards, which uh, in years past would be an interesting matchup. But the Wizards are a joke. And uh, I don't think we'll pose that much of a challenge for the Raptors. Kawhi Leonard is questionable. Uh, is it with the knee soreness, Vivek? Is that what's going on? The same thing you missed the game with last week? That is correct. Left yeah. knee soreness um, may also be, you know, 
sore from playing the Wizards and yeah. not wanting to do that <laughs> anymore. So Yeah, I mean, uh, it can't hurt to get him an extra day of rest, right? Like, if you go almost two weeks without him playing, that seems like it might behoove the Raptors. I know he's got to play the All-Star game, but who cares about that, really? Um, yeah, I mean... I would have preferred to have... I'd just be like, we're at the point of the season now where they just need as many games together as possible so when it's not yeah. back-to-back. Um, I mean, so obviously there must be something that they really need to manage um, besides load. Or, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, who knows? I, I don't know what's going on with that knee, but um, to have to sit out a non-back-to-back with you know the new pieces coming in and trying to fit everything together... Um, it's not ideal, but it is what it is, and I'm sure the Raptors are doing everything that's in the best interest of the team. There's, like, Kawhi's injury stuff. I, I do feel like part of it is just, like, the Raptors being hyper, super cautious, cautious, but, like, I don't know. It's kind of crept into my mind, and I don't think this is uh, the correct t- take or anything like that, but is there any pause from you if you're a team giving him a five-year deal this summer because of the sort of inconsistent injury situation with him or is it just like you're, you're chalking it up mostly to the Raptors being cautious which which is what I'm chalking it up to but I can imagine there would be a percolating take out there um, that from the straw man that I've just created in my brain <laughs> that like maybe <laughs> it's not the smartest investment I, I, I think it's fine but I don't know are you at all like trepidatious about his health um not necessarily I think uh from most of the comments I've heard this season, it's more about um, being careful about giving him such a heavy load after a season in which he's played nine games. So I imagine he'd be more comfortable playing more games, say, next season, where now he's got, you know, 50 to 60 games under his belt. Mm -hmm. Um, That's how I would personally look at it, but I I wouldn't be surprised if there are teams out there that are saying, oh, maybe this is... Uh, is something that we need to be concerned about uh, long term mm-hmm. and um, at the same time theoretically if you look at uh, the max that Kawhi should be making that he's not eligible for it's you know that five year 220 million deal mm-hmm. so um, to go from that to you know other teams being able to offer a four year 140 million deal I don't think they'd be um, swayed away from uh, that offer yeah. so I, I, I think four years 140 for Kawhi is more than worth it yeah you pay those bucks man he's really goddamn good it is a shame that if he doesn't play tonight that's just one fewer game to kind of get in the run-up to the playoffs although hopefully there's some like practice time which might even be more valuable than game time at this point just to get everyone kind of acclimated to each other and they should have some right. leading into the game next Friday against the Spurs and then again their schedule is kind of spread out comparatively to the start of the year so hopefully there's some extra practice days mixed in there also we need some how hungry are you taping days uh it's been a while since an episode i'm getting anxious anxious for one here um there needs to uh, hopefully on one of these snow days they've taken the time to go record an episode maybe with marcus all maybe abaka makes some paella or something i don't know but um, <laughs> that's uh for another day i suppose um yeah there's not like we covered most of the stuff on yesterday's podcast the wizards like is there anything about this wizards game you're like particularly interested in at all uh in the wizards game i i think again just like getting marcus all more uh comfortable with the team mm-hmm. um i mean obviously we had that crazy uh insane stupid uh, overtime game in Washington where the Raptors 
were cruising and then just didn't seem to want to win. And then the Wizards <laughs> seemed like they didn't want to win. And it was just weird. And thankfully, they came away with that win. But I, at a certain point, I think I was almost like, just end this all for everyone. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think there's much to take away from this game. The Wizards are the Wizards. Um, the Raptors, I think, again, it's just about uh, getting everyone comfortable with each other. Um, I don't think there's anything better than game time. So, again, a little disappointing with the Kawhi news. Um, but, yeah, it, who knows? Maybe maybe you get to uh, funnel even more of the offense through Marcus all this way and get him even more comfortable. And actually, now that I think about it out loud, maybe it's a reason to maybe go, uh, go big and go with Ibaka and Gasol. And get this all in that starting lineup. And Siakam at the three, baby. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, this could get. I'm down for games that get weird. <laughs> People know <laughs> how much of a fan I was at that Hawks game last Thursday. That game ruled, and it's because it was weird and it necessitated weirdness. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so what 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 else we got going on? But I guess tonight, Jeremy Lin, he may or may not play. He doesn't clear waivers until five o'clock which is just like two, two and a half hours ahead of game time. I guess there's a chance they could get all the paperwork done if they just have it prepared and it's like, hey, Jeremy, sign here. Um, he is uh, probably in Toronto right now, I would assume. I don't think there's any reason why he wouldn't be. We don't actually know, I guess, because there was no shoot-around this morning because that got canceled for uh, weather or maybe other reasons. And so I, I guess we'll have to wait and get like a later call on that one to kind of be a game-time decision, I'm guessing, with Lynn. Um, which I hope we get some Lynn, man. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he works with the second unit. And in particular, if they decide to bring Serge Ibaka off the bench, I'm curious to see if he can kind of help, you know, maintain Ibaka's effectiveness in the way that Kyle Lowry has done this season as sort of a pick-and-pop creator type of point guard. Um, I guess the main question is, do you think we'll see Gasol start tonight, or will that have to wait until after the All-Star break? Will we see Gasol start tonight? Um, in place of Ibaka. Say they go with the just like the, the one big type thing. I, I, I don't think he will start. Mm-hmm. I think uh, they'll look to get him. I, th- I think this all-star break is a nice chance. Uh, he talked about it as well, just having the chance to um, go over some video and have a bit more time to settle in. Um, because like he, even right now, his wife is still uh, in Memphis. He's in Memphis for the weekend. Uh, so he's just getting all those loose ends tied up, and then he'll be able to go through some video, get down with all the schemes, the plays. Um, you know, Nurse said there's certain things that they haven't been able to run just because they know that Gasol isn't uh, isn't on top of those things, doesn't know what's going on. So um, those type of things they've stayed away from. And in some ways, I think it is uh, easy to coach that way if you've got him on the bench we're looking at the starting lineup you can have an assistant sit with him and sort of go through everything um so i think they'll go through maybe one more game here uh where i'm off the bench and then and then you know i think it would be kind of awesome to have him start his his first start be uh against the rosen and the spurs on the 22nd that game is going to be so weird dude <laughs> like <laughs> I, I still am kind of sad that Jonas isn't going to be there for that. Um, and we'll talk yeah. about that bizarro like alternate Raptors timeline game that happened in Memphis last night between the Spurs and Grizzlies in the final segment. But, um, yeah, that's some wild stuff. I, I don't think we'll see Gasol start either. I think it makes a lot of sense, like you said, to kind of take the all-star break to maybe integrate him into the starting five. 
Uh, I do hope we see him start at some point soon, as I talked about in yesterday's podcast. I think the minutes in which Gasol is running the show at center, and like also just like the the, the time crunch here, I would like to see as many minutes as possible of him playing with the Raptors' best players, just because I feel like that's going to inevitably be the lineup you want to go to in most playoff series, whether it's against you know Philadelphia or Milwaukee or even Boston. Like I think those are the the looks you're going to want. So I just think maybe to get as much data on it as possible instead of just wasting. It's not, it's not that they've wasted three games or two games, but maybe they haven't maximized the minutes with that lineup on the court as much as possible. And so I'd like to see it at some point. But yeah, I think probably it makes a little more sense to just wait till after the All-Star break to integrate him in and just see how he works with the second unit. Um, see if he can develop some chemistry with Jeremy Lin, perhaps, if he's playing. Like, it can't hurt to see all these guys play together, I guess, is... Uh, maybe the, the other yeah. side of this too, right? Like to see how all the different iterations of the second unit and the starters work because I do think we will see a lot of mishmash lineups sort of Sixers-like going forward as we've kind of seen a little bit lately with like Danny Green and Gasol or Danny Green and Ibaka playing with the second unit and kind of mixing in guys instead of just having a straight second unit. They haven't had enough guys to do that really, um, but I just think it makes more sense when you're as top-heavy talented as the Raptors are from like one through six, it doesn't make any sense to me to not play at least two of those guys at all times and so maybe just sort of seeing how all these little two and three man combinations work together is a good idea too but uh give me some Gasol starting after the all-star break is I think what I want to see um on the other side of this break coming up we're going to talk about Vivek's story yesterday about uh, Kawhi Leonard being called out by Nick Nurse sort of a little bit in shoot around ahead of the game on Monday against the Nets and uh we'll get to that in just a second but first I want to remind people to check out the Locked On Podcast Network on your smart speakers it's very very easy you just say hey Alexa or Google Home or whatever your smart speaker's name is play podcast Locked On Raptors and guess what Locked On Raptors is going to play for you you don't have to touch a button. It just plays for you while you do your chores or whatever it is around your house. And the same goes for in your car. If you have voice activation in your car, just say, hey, car. I don't know what your voice activation is called. I don't have a smart car like that. But if you have a car like that, say, hey, play podcast Locked on Raptors, and you're going to get the podcast playing in your car. No buttons, no taking your eyes off the road to change the podcast on your phone. Super duper easy, and uh, it helps us out too. So please, if you're interested in the Locked On Podcast Network, consider playing it on your smart speaker or on your phone. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, uh, let's get to the Kawhi Nick Nurse stuff. So let's actually play the clip from Nick Nurse from Monday morning first that we can get into it here. Here it is. No, he's, I just think he's uh, he's just got to get a little bit more engaged, right? Just a little bit more engaged and, and uh, you know, look look for some uh, more motivation, right? To go out there and, and, I don't know, do his thing. I always say, look out, go out, go out there and destroy some people or whatever it is. You know what I mean? You got you to get motivated or, you know, uh, or a little bit. <laughs> A little, a little bit, and I think it's, uh, you know, I'm kind of being, I'm kind of being serious about it. He needs, he needs to, he needs to find a little bit of fire and 
and uh, so once in a while to go out there and say, you know what, I'm getting 35 or 40 tonight, you know? So that was Nick Nurse after the game on, or before the game on Monday, talking about Kawhi. Uh, what did you make of those comments when they first, were you there for that shoot-around? Like, what was the sort of, uh, like, yeah, from the watching from watching the video, it seems like he's kind of, like, very serious about it and not really joking around. Um, and, yeah, yeah I, it, I mean, it kind of has a tenor to it that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I mean, I was I was surprised when it was happening in front of me, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> this seems like a thing." Um, and yeah, I, I prefer like when small stuff happens to not blow it out of proportion. But I think because he sort of reiterated, you know, that hey, I'm being serious. I was like, "Oh, this is something that should be talked about and should be written about." Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think he made a good point. Um, uh, and we've seen a bit of a lull. I think uh, it could very possibly be just him looking ahead to the All Star break uh, and saying, you know, that these are my plans. <laughs> you know, I just, I just can't wait to get to them. I'm kind of tired of winter here and whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, I, th- I think it's a good uh, way to sort of. Um, set nurse up for the second half of the season uh, unofficial second half of the season and just sort of say that you know everyone is going to be treated the same everyone's going to have a level of expectation um in terms of what their roles are and what they're accountable for mm-hmm. um and, and i think later the biggest positive was to see Kawhi really take it in stride and um take it as motivation and encouraging that you know nurse isn't just going to look at the box score and say oh he still got 20 um, maybe he's just struggling with his shot a little bit. No, he's watching Kawhi play and has noticed that you know he doesn't seem as engaged. There. Even at the start of the uh, first quarter um, against Brooklyn, you mm-hmm. can see the two turnovers he had were just so careless and just just seemed like he wasn't there. Um, so I think uh, it, it's really good that they have that relationship where a nurse now feels comfortable to say that out loud. Um, I would imagine that if this is coming out in public for the first time, he's probably said it to uh, Kawhi in private a couple of times already. Mm-hmm. So, because um, I, I don't think that's something that you go out and say in public before you do it privately with the player first. Um, and so maybe it got to the point where, hey, the private stuff isn't working. Maybe uh, I need to put it out there into uh, the blogospheres and all the big newspapers and whatever it may be. All right? of the things Kawhi um, definitely reads all the time. um Um, yeah exactly right that's the other thing he said he didn't know about it till uh, until after the game when someone actually told him Mm -hmm. um and and yeah again it was good to see him take it well see i'm gonna try to do the Kawhi uh in his i'll I'll read his response instead of finding the video so here we go i didn't know that's that's not deep enough uh I can't get that deep. The baritone is too deep. (laughs) I didn't know until right now. For me, coaches like that, you want motivation. They can see it. They're looking in between the lines of the game. Even if you're going out there scoring 20 points and you win, you want a coach to motivate you and tell you what you're still doing that's negative on the floor. So I appreciate him putting that in the air, but this is my first time hearing it. (laughs) Um, So that's, uh, yeah, I, I, I like to see that from Nurse. I really did. I think, like... I mean, I've been, like, patient zero in terms of just being totally okay with them t- treating with Kawhi with kid gloves this season, too, because of all this riding on this year. And I think you got to try to, like, 
you know, catering to the superstar is not always a bad thing. Um, but I do kind of appreciate and maybe Kawhi is the kind of person who appreciates it even more than like the general onlooking fan would that like, Hey, a, a, a coach like going out there and saying stuff like that and you know, taking it public, maybe that is something that he uses as motivation and something he respects in a coach. So, um, I'm glad that, that yes, it's kind of been a season of him kind of being treated on a different pedestal than the rest of the team but it's nice to know that it's not going to carry over to every aspect of his game or the season and if if there is something that needs to be said then Nick Nurse is not afraid to say it and like kind of have a very serious tone about it when he does so um good stuff all around uh any other stuff on this before we move on um no not really I mean uh, yeah, the only thing I would add is, uh, like, the thing I mentioned in my story was about, you know, Masai saying at the introductory press conference that everyone needs to be themselves, right? Yeah. And I think it's really important down this stretch that uh, Nick Nurse stays true to himself, that, you know, he doesn't get caught up in, you know, how people might react or get really scared about, you know, what is the best thing, um, you know, what sort of puts me in the safest position in my job is just all got to be about what puts us in the best position to win, right? And mm-hmm. so certain certain things like this where you got to call out your best player um, to get the most out of him, um, even if it comes with a little bit of risk, I think he's got to be brave enough to do it and good on him for doing it. And hey, man, it kind of works. He was, I don't know yeah. if, there, if it's just like causation or just like convenient correlation, but um, he, Kawhi had maybe his best game involved in the Raptors offense that we've seen from him yet he had eight assists like at the end of the game he was um you know they didn't draw up just straight iso stuff and it made it hard because the Nets were playing that zone late and maybe they needed to kind of run a little bit more in terms of intricate stuff to carve it open but um I I thought it worked really well and Kawhi was unselfish and sharing it along and and I I thought it was a a really nice performance from him so yeah good on Nick Nurse and hopefully that is a sort of a standard and a precedent set for the rest of the season going forward, I suppose, that everyone's going to kind of be viewed at uneven footing. And, uh, yeah, I feel bad for Nick Nurse, man. It's a, uh, I mean, I don't feel bad because he's got, like, an insanely talented team on his hands for his first season. But, like, it is a lot in year one to come in and be like, hey, uh, you have to manage this insane team with all of this talent, also with this free agent who might leave in the offseason and is the best player the team's ever employed. Also, maybe Kyle Lowry's kind of pissed off. Like, go, go, good luck, dude. And, like, you have the midseason trade for Gasol as well, who comes in with a bit of a uh, anti-coach reputation, even though I'm not sure how much I buy into that, considering Fisdale doesn't seem to be, like, the easiest dude to get along with in the world, even now with New York. But... Um, yeah, it's uh, it's not an easy job that Nick Nurse has, and uh, so I'm still willing to give him the benefit of the doubt as he try to, tries to figure this whole thing out. Um, we'll move on and quickly talk about the Bizarro Raptors, uh, Bizarro Raptors game, the Bizarro Memphis Spurs game that happened last night um, that was mostly a Raptors game. But first, I want to remind people to check out the Lockdown Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you're checking out both feeds on Twitter. You follow the one handle at LockedOnNBANet, and you're getting all of the 60 or so hosts on the network retweeted into one feed. It's great. It's convenient. You don't have to go follow all these different hosts. You just follow the one feed. You get all their basketball-related stuff, fresh podcasts, breaking news reactions into one feed. And then on Instagram, follow the same handle at LockedOnNBANet. You're getting a little 30 to 60-second snippets of the biggest podcasts from the biggest stories of the day around the league, the local experts, and you get a little video attached to it as well. It's a nice way to liven up your Instagram feed. So make sure you're following the Locked On Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Okay, Memphis and San Antonio last night. The debut for Jonas Valanciunas, a, the second game for C.J. Miles and DeLon Wright. Bruno Caboclo apparently performed well enough to get himself a multi-year deal from the Grizzlies in this one and in previous games as well. You got DeMar DeRozan, you got Jakob Pertl, you've got Rudy Gay, Marco Bellinelli. This game was insane and hurt my brain in so, so many ways. Did you catch any of this game at all, Vivek? I unfortunately did not. I was watching the Philly-Boston game, so mm-hmm. I will catch it at some point today. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, yeah, the only the only stuff I saw was like snippets on Twitter. Uh, that big Bruno block on LaMarcus Aldridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I saw Raptors Twitter kind of go wild when he <laughs> uh, was challenging DeMar at the rim. But um, yeah, other than that, you're going to have to give me all the uh, info. Yeah, I mean, I only watched, like, the second quarter because uh, it was a Memphis and Spurs game, and I was like, yeah, there are other games going on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, the thing that broke my brain was just there was, like, an entire sequence where it was only former Raptors being called out by the play-by-play team. It was like, DeLon Wright brings it up, hits C.J. Miles coming off the screen, Miles for three, rebound by Rudy Gay, <laughs> nice contest by DeMar DeRozan on the play, and it's like, holy shit, dude, this is... Uh... <laughs> This is a lot to handle. Um, you mentioned the Philly-Boston game. Maybe we should talk about that. Maybe that's a bit more pertinent to the Raptors. I'm just meandering because, again, there's not much to talk about today. But um, Philly, uh, Philly loses to Boston. No Kyrie. Uh, Al Horford kind of punks Joel Embiid once again. The, the, the undermanned Celtics punk Philadelphia once again, no matter who's on the roster. It seems like they kind of have their number no matter what. Uh, what were your impressions of that game, and uh, like, have, have your opinions been formed at all of how you view the new Sixers and like sort of the relationship to the Eastern Conference's elite? Um, I thought I thought Tobias Harris struggled in this one compared mm-hmm. to the, the first few games that he's had uh, in a field uniform. Um, I was reading uh, some notes about this game, and I thought that was a really interesting point about how. Um, and this is obviously from the Philly side of things uh, about how Kyrie not playing um, kind of hurts the Philly offense because uh, you know you look at that Philly starting five and anytime Kyrie's guarding any of those five it's going to be a mismatch that you can attack and then with uh, uh, with Boston being able to put one of Rozier or Marcus Smart it becomes that much more difficult um, and so I thought that might have helped uh, Boston a bit. Obviously, I think they're pretty confident that they're a better, better team with Kyrie, and I believe that as well. Um, but again, I think the biggest thing that stands out is uh, at the end of the day, who the seed, the seeding between those top four teams, uh, all due respect to the Indiana Pacers. Um, I think it's going to come down to matchups. Uh, it, we, I, I think <laughs> Toronto should know that better than anyone hmm. um, with what we've seen the last few years. So, um, yeah, you pointed out the Al Horford and Bede matchup. Yeah, there's different things that the Celtics can take advantage of. I, I still think they're going to be a legitimate threat in the playoffs. Um, I'm not really buying into this chemistry stuff. Um, I've kind of called them uh, 
the new old wizards where you know yeah they talk a lot of junk but um yeah, it's performative strife stuff on playoff time yeah. what's that it's very performative internal strife you know what i mean like yeah yeah exactly. it, that doesn't really so, feel like it has that much substance to it i mean the, the wizards kind of did but um this one yeah. but I, I i just feel like all this individual stuff will go away come postseason when they'll realize that you know all the individual stuff that they're chasing only applies in the regular season so now um, come playoff time, I think they'll all be able to buckle down and focus on the Larry O'Brien trophy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they'll be a legitimate threat. I think that, that, that's probably my biggest takeaway that, you know, I, I, I don't think it's smart to sleep on the Celtics at all. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting, like, four-way game of rock, paper, scissors between all four of these teams. And again, shouts to the Pacers, who continue to win games and are making the possibility of a uh, Sixers-Boston first-round series very very in play and holy hell man i am so rooting for that because of the just disastrous fallout that might happen for the teams that for the team that loses in round one like just give me all of that and put it into a smoothie for me so i can drink it up um and but like assuming that you know the the Pacers have a pretty tough schedule coming up assuming they start losing some games here and it is the top four we all expect like I don't even know what the question is. It's just like, it's such a, like all the matchups are so interesting. I don't really know who has an edge over who. I guess if I was to pick like a team that I think is kind of the, like the rock to everyone else's paper, I think it kind of is the Sixers. Like as much as their starting five is terrifying, boy, they have no depth. Even the moves they made, I don't think are like particularly helpful to what their problems have been. Like Jonathan Simmons has been bad, and I, I just, I don't know if you can count on him to be anything aside from Jonathan Simmons, like, it's just, it's a lot, I think Mike Scott's nice, I think Mike Scott has limited utility in a playoff series, unless he's playing the Raptors, in which, hey, maybe the Raptors become the rock to their paper, um, TJ McConnell, I don't think is very good, I think Furkan Korkmaz is kind of overmatched, I think Boban, as great and fun and delightful as he is, is very much kind of a gimmicky player who is not yeah. going to be able to stay on the floor in high leverage playoff situations. So I look at just the, and, and like JJ Redick, if you're looking across the three of the four teams, like the maybe the biggest defensive liability of anybody might be JJ Redick at the two for the Sixers. So I, I just, there's a lot that I still like their crunch time lineup's amazing. It's awesome. But I just feel like the matchups are kind of like leaning against them in a kind of, like troublesome way if you're a Sixers fan, especially if you're looking at what they have coming up this offseason where JJ's a free agent, I believe, right? Um, and then you have like Butler, obviously, and Harris, and, and like there's a lot that could be sort of dictated by how things go for the Sixers. And for me right now, they look to be as high as their upside is with the starting five. Like there's just the matchups don't seem to really line up in their way at all. Um, yeah, I, I, I can see the problems. Um, in terms of you look at uh, Embiid, you know he's probably not uh, catered to putting out his best against Horford, Marcus or Gasol. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So uh, th- those things are going to be a problem. Um, I I still think they're uh, they look really good with Harris. Again, I thought I didn't think he had a great game at all. Mm-hmm. Um, went down to the wire. Boston's missing Kyrie. Um, I, th- I think someone posted that oh they're one and six now against these teams. And again, I, I don't know how much that applies, just because only only one of those games has now been played with the Tobias Harris lineup. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, so I, I I still think they're really good. I, I think all four of those teams are sort of 
right there with each other. Every team is going to have things that you can pinpoint uh, and sort of say, you know, well, if this doesn't happen, that that's a problem for them, right? You look at the Bucks. If, if Brook Lopez uh, doesn't shoot threes the way he's been in the regular season, that's going to be a problem for them in the playoffs. You look at the Raptors. Uh, if Kyle Lowry struggles with his shot, that's going to be a problem. Um, if you look at the Celtics, if Kyrie's knee isn't healthy, that's a big problem. Um, so, again, I, th- I think each team, you can pinpoint something that could be the downfall. So yeah, I, I think any uh, four, uh, any one of the four teams is capable of making it to the NBA Finals. It's just a question of um, who's peaking at the time when we get to the playoffs. Fair enough. Let's play a game. Uh, I'll go through each of the four teams in the at the top of the East. Sorry, Indiana. Um, I keep apologizing to Indiana, like like I care, <laughs> but uh, I feel bad for them. They they they've had some hard times this year. But anyway, uh, all these four teams. I will say the team, and then you tell me the team that they could you you're most confident in them beating, and the team you're okay. most confident in them losing to. Does that does that make sense? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Milwaukee. So the most confident uh, that they're beating first. Hmm. Uh, I would I would say um, I would say the Celtics. Why is that? Uh, well, I mean, no one has an answer for I mean, uh, for Giannis, but um, I think their three point shooting. I think uh, the Celtics. I don't know if their defensive schemes are the best for um, the way. Uh, that Milwaukee plays and you look at the the amount of bad shots that the Celtics take I think that's something where you have to be really disciplined against the Bucs they're very disciplined in their shot chart Mm -hmm. uh, how how they go about things offensively so if you can't keep up in that math game with them I think that's a problem so um, I would say um, the Celtics uh, between the Raptors Celtics and Sixers I'll take uh, the Celtics. And who are they most likely um, to get beaten by? Most likely to get beaten by, I will say, uh, Toronto. Okay. I know. Uh, uh, I I know that uh, a three-one series lead uh, doesn't doesn't really speak to that. But I, again, I think that that's been overplayed a little bit because Giannis and Kawhi did not play the first game, so you can kind of throw that out the window. Um, the second game. Uh, went right down to the wire. Um, the Raptors lost right at the end, despite Kyle Lowry scoring zero points. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that could have gone away. The Raptors won handily in Milwaukee, and then Milwaukee came back and uh, did the same to the Raptors. So again, that's a tight matchup. But I think Marcus All does make a big difference now uh, with his ability to pick and pop, with his ability to initiate offense uh, out of the elbow. Um, I, I, I think. I think when the Raptors were probably looking at Gasol, they were probably staring deep into that box matchup and realized that this is probably the biggest difference maker in that series. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think the Gasol thing may is like a more important acquisition for the Bucks matchup than it is the other two, although he is going to be very useful against the Sixers as well. But at the same time, Jonas was kind of useful there too, so maybe it's not as much of an upgrade there as it is for the Brook Lopez matchup. And also just like... 
we've seen how the Bucks have defended the Raptors this year, and it's been, hey, all right, Serge Ibaka, take 20 mid-range shots and see if you can beat us. If you have a Gasol in there, that first becomes, you know, three-pointers as opposed to 18-footers in all likelihood that you're, that you're allowing if you're conceding shots to the center. And then also his playmaking is so much more advanced than Ibaka's that I think it's just going to make it a lot more difficult for the for the Bucks to say, all right, like here, give, we'll give you all this space at the elbow to just pick us apart with passing. Um, it's just, I think that's a really good matchup, and I think he is a nice matchup as well for for uh, to to drag Brook Lopez out to the perimeter too. So this is so hard because my picks for Milwaukee, yeah. like, yeah, I I would just like to add the caveat that like when I say most confident of a team beating or a team losing to, like, yeah. again, like we're splitting hairs, right? Yeah, between three teams it's not like oh yeah they're gonna beat them for sure you know what i mean yeah no i I totally feel you there uh as far as milwaukee for me i think they'd be most likely is it weird that i'd say like they're most likely to beat toronto and lose to toronto is that weird (laughs) like yeah it's possible but i i think to touch on your point about ibaka I, i think that's the one thing that the Bucks have made clear in the matchup that they do want to force Ibaka to be the X factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think now it's like, okay, if you want to force Ibaka to be uh, to be the X factor, well, we're going to take that out of the equation and we're just going to get Marcus Gasol. So if you want to go and make him the X factor, go ahead. We feel pretty confident in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that really does change the dynamic of that series. Yeah, uh, actually, I would say I think I agree. I think Milwaukee is most likely to be Boston, and then uh, they're most likely to lose to Toronto. The Raptors, who would you say they are most equipped to beat, most likely to beat if they were to come across? I would say Philly. Yeah, um, same. I feel pretty confident in that. Uh, <laughs> Poor Ben Simmons. Uh, yeah, you 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 look at you look at what Kawhi Leonard can do to Ben Simmons, and now you look at Marcus All. That's not a favorable matchup for Embiid either. So you're basically, um, you know, neutralizing their two best players in the series. Um, so I feel fairly confident in that matchup. Uh, JJ Redick and Tobias Harris are going to go off, have to go off um, um, to I think really make Philly uh, a contender in that series. Um, and also with the Raptors, sorry, carry on. I thought you were done. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say Jimmy Butler. I, I, I don't think he's been great. You know, he he had that hot start hitting those two game winners for Philly, but I don't I don't think he's been incredible for the Sixers since. Obviously, we've seen the little stuff with uh, his issues with the offense. Um, I think Tobias Harris helps address some of those issues and make things easier for both Butler and Embiid. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, of 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 the Bucks. Celtics and Sixers, I feel most confident in the Raptors beating the Sixers. Yeah, I think I'm there too. I also think um, like the Sixers' advantage is that they can stagger lineups because they kind of have to because they have so many talented guys. They can always have two of those guys on the court or three if they want, and they yep. do these weird sub-patterns. Like, if the Raptors really wanted to, they could kind of match and do similar. Yes, their top-end talent maybe isn't as, like, in a vacuum, talented as the Sixers guys, but I also think the Raptors guys probably fit together a little bit better, and they can still, they don't have to go get punished with all bench units by the Sixers or four man bench units by the Sixers. They can kind of match with those mishmash lineups as well, I think, pretty well. And yeah, like, Philly can do all they want, but Kawhi Leonard still owns Ben Simmons, and I will believe that is true until it is not true anymore. And I think if you cut that head off of the offense for the Sixers, that is uh, pretty detrimental to what they're able to do. Um, I would say the Raptors are most likely to lose to Boston. Would you agree? 
Raptors are most likely to lose to Boston. Yes, I agree yeah. with that. Um, again, it, it's all about matchups, and you look at the way, uh, like they they just have all the necessary pieces. You like we we well we always talk about the Raptors uh, flexibility in the lineup. Now their switchability, and the Celtics have a lot of that as well. You look at um, Kyrie seems to really thrive every time he plays the Raptors. Um, it remains to be seen if they have anyone that they can throw on him to kind of somewhat limit him. Um, but if he's healthy in that series, I think the Celtics would be the biggest threat to beat the Raptors uh, more than the Bucks or the Sixers. Yeah, I, I'm kind of the Bucks are terrifying to me because the math can be kind of problematic if the Raptors are going to be missing shots the way they have this year. But the Celtics, they have dudes they can throw on Kawhi, whether it's Jalen Brown, who it, maybe he, he's on the court. That's kind of a nice thing for you. Uh, Marcus Smart's also terribly annoying defending Kawhi too, and they don't really have anyone yeah. to stick with Kyrie, and that is uh, a problem because Kyrie's really really good. Um, I also yeah. think the Al Horford matchup is probably the least favorable for Gasol among the three bigs he'd be going up against in those three matchups, although I still think Gasol can get by there just fine. Um, and I will say, like, the Raptors starters with Ibaka at center have, like, kind of punked the, the Celtics this year. I think they're, like, a plus 20 net rating uh, in, like, 50-something minutes so far this year. Obviously not a huge sample, but they have done really well against Boston. So I do think, like, the lineup versatility stuff applies to both of these teams, um, but yeah, I would say because of the defense and because Kyrie would kind of go unchecked in that series, that'd be the one I'd be most concerned about. Um, although, like the Bucks could get hot and then they'd be unbeatable because they just play an unbeatable style of math ball. <laughs> but if like their their shots are going in, yeah, there's not a lot you can do, especially with the Raptors. Like they're yeah. so like yes, they've kind of capitalized on the mid range being a bit of a marketing efficiency right now, but. Like, eventually, you can hit all the mid-range shots you want with Kawhi or Ibaka. Like, if, the, if Chris Middleton's 6 of 11 from 3, you're kind of boned. So, um, I'm not thrilled about either of those, those matchups, but I am uh, intrigued by both. And I, I think the Raptors would be probably better suited to the Milwaukee one than Boston. Uh, Boston, who are they most likely to beat and lose to? We can go quick on, those, on these last two. Yeah, uh, Boston, I would say, most likely to beat um, Philly. Yep, they don't and lose to Philly, man. Most li- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think some of the frustration that you saw with them beat after the game as well, and talking about the referees, I think I think Boston is in Philly's head a little bit. It seems like, you know, it, it's almost like the, the kind of the way they look at the Toronto matchup. It's, it just seems like no matter what they do, uh, they come out on the losing side and, you know, uh, I, I think they see that as a real problem. So I feel pretty confident in Boston's ability to beat Philly. Um, who is most likely to beat them? I would, yeah, uh, I guess I already said it would be Milwaukee, so mm-hmm. i got to stick with that. Fair enough. Uh, and then Philly, who do you think they would be most equipped to beat of these three teams? Philly would be most equipped to beat Milwaukee. Um, yeah, I think I'm with you. Yeah, I think uh, I, I don't think they would want anything to do with Toronto and Boston. Um, but again, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't favor them against any of those three teams. Um, I, th- I think the Bucks, Celtics, or the Raptors uh, would be my uh, 
personal favorite uh, mm-hmm. against the Sixers, and so. But if if there is a team that they're likely to beat, I, I would pick the Bucks. Um, I think uh, they do have multiple options to throw at Giannis. I think they do. Um, maybe if they defend at their very peak, uh, they can address uh, Milwaukee. Um, you know. Milwaukee takes the most shots in the paint, so if you've got Embiid and uh, the other guys open up, maybe there's uh, some way to limit that. Um, and then you know you just have to be able to get out to the shooters and make sure uh, that they're not hurting you either. Um, besides that, uh, yeah, I mean, I did that. That's probably Embiid's best, mat- best matchup too, right? So yeah, um, I think so. I think ideally, isn't the series in which best player can potentially be the best player in the series? I think one that you roll with so i would say most confident would be them beating milwaukee uh, despite not being very confident at all um <laughs> and then most likely to them um i guess it's a toss-up between the raptors and celtics but i'll go with the celtics because of their history yeah having done so in the playoffs already. Yeah, the Sixers, man, I'm concerned. Although the Milwaukee one is interesting because, like, if you're going to be reductive about it and do, like, the whole who has the best players in the series and kind of rank the players, like, yes, Giannis might be the best player in the series. The Sixers might have the next four best players. Like, love Chris Middleton, but Embiid, Simmons, Harris, who I think is probably, you could argue, just as good or if not better than Middleton, and then and Butler, who at his peak is probably better than him too. Like, I don't know. That's quite the talent gap between the two teams and I think that is gonna ultimately if there is a downfall for Milwaukee it will be that just like very reductive playoff basketball thing where it's like okay their best player is amazing but how good are their other guys and I like Middleton and Bledsoe a lot but I think the gap between Giannis and the guys behind him is uh way more significant than it is for any other team in the east so um, it's very fascinating. I'm sure we'll talk about these four teams uh, ad nauseum for the rest of the season. So we'll, we can wrap it there. And I, I, I think we give a quick shout out to the Pacers. Uh, yeah. I'll just say that you know if they are able to hang on to third, I mean, I, I, you you sh- I think they deserve to be favored against the Nets. Um, and then if they come out of that series, uh, they're facing I, I guess one of Milwaukee or Toronto in the second round, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that t- uh, top seed is wrapped up quite yet. Yeah. I mean, it's one game. It's <laughs> there is some time, and the Raptors have an easy ass <laughs> schedule too. So, um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. The Pacers just keep hanging in there, guys. Just give us that first round series between Boston and Philly. We all need so desperately because, oh my <laughs> God, the fallout would be so so wonderful. Um, we're gonna wrap it there. We've gone on way longer than I expected, but that rock paper scissorsy game kind of became fun at the end. So, uh, Vivek, thank you for indulging me for almost an hour of your day. I very much appreciate it. Do you have anything you'd like to plug right now? I know just uh, my usual stuff. I'll be putting stuff out there for Raptor Republic and Sportsnet and the Athletic. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jacob. Oh, you just cut out once again. That's that's great. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's perfect timing to wrap this thing off uh yeah so follow Vivek you can follow me at Woodley Sean follow the show at Lockdown Raptors please subscribe rate and review 
on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all the places you get your podcasts. Thank you to all the new listeners. Thank you to the Jeremy Lin Hive that is now listening to the show. I've seen your tweets. I, I, I am very much psyched, along with you, to have you on board with listening to the podcast and following Jeremy Lin's career. Uh, it's uh, it's good times. So thank you to everyone who has listened or is going to listen or is going to leave a rating or a review. It's deeply, deeply appreciated. The numbers have been very good lately, and it's all because of you guys. So thank you very much, and we will talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors. Awesome. Thanks, dude. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.